Warning, the podcast you're listening to may contain some adult themes. Hello and welcome to Smiling Politely with me, Aaron J. This is essentially a podcast where I selfishly use this platform to test out material and speak to an array of cool and interesting guests. While you're here, why not check through some of the previous episodes I've had where I've interviewed a range of people ranging from singers to actors to comedians. And of course, while you're there, why not like and subscribe and give us a review too. So the news this week has still been very much dominated by COVID and lockdown stories. The government, of course, have launched the new eat out to help out scheme uh, which is quite unfortunately named if you ask me eat out to help out sounds like what you do when your relationship is going through a rough patch but a lot of food and drink establishments are reopening and a lot of people are upset by the lack of social distancing outside these venues as opposed to inside these venues as a lot of venues have had queues of up to 100 people. Uh, That has been the case where I live in in Suffolk. There has been a a bar that had over 100 people queuing up outside to go in and socially distance despite not actually socially distancing outside the venue. And a lot of people were extremely worried about that, you know, people can go in and 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 catch the disease and spread the disease which I completely understand but to be honest knowing the venue I think you're far more likely to catch chlamydia than you are COVID-19 but you know it's it's tricky in other areas of the country uh, Weatherspoons has had lots of big queues outside and again very similar to the venue I previously mentioned you're far more likely to catch food poisoning in a Weatherspoons than you are COVID-19 so I wouldn't worry too much about that but if you're queuing with up to 100 people or upwards of 100 people and you're not socially distancing and you're putting yourself at risk in that way just to go into a Weatherspoons maybe it's just natural selection maybe it is just getting rid of the uh, of the stupid perhaps I don't know maybe I'm being mean I think I am being a bit too mean there but you've got to protect yourself you've got to protect yourself I've been protecting myself um, although my recent Google searches haven't done me any favours at all to be honest Um, I've recently bought a mask hand gel lotion which means that Wish have suggested some very peculiar things But what's also been brought to a lot of people's attention is that your Google Maps data from your phone, your GPS data, can be used to track where you have and haven't been, which has caused a little bit of uproar for certain people as they feel that they're being spied on by the governments, which obviously they would do, wouldn't they? I don't don't think Google are bothered how many times you visit a co-op in a week. That's not the sort of thing they're using the data for. But then people are outraged, you know, they don't want to be spied on. It's all a conspiracy. The only reason COVID-19 has been developed is to track us and keep tabs on us and control us. Yeah, 
course it is. Um, I do wonder what's happened to the sale of tin foil since the start of this epidemic. But I digress. People are deciding, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to use Google. Not going to use Google, which is fine, but what are you going to use? What are you going to use? Are you going to be one of those people who asks Facebook for information? Uses Facebook to, to get the majority of their information? Does anyone know what time Costa shuts? Yes, Google. Google it. But the irony of it is, is that a lot of people are venting their issue about Google's data breaches on Facebook. And uh, I don't know if you follow the news, but Facebook are currently embroiled in a court case that involves using people's data without their permission. So it's kind of like venting about your boyfriend to Ted Bundy. Something else that's also been affected by COVID-19 and the lockdown situations are events. I saw a news article on the BBC which was about weddings that have been altered due to the COVID-19 crisis and a quote from the groom stated, as soon as I saw her face, I was disappointed. If that's the case, mate, maybe don't marry her. So we're now on a new segment that I'm going to be trying out, which is called My First Sets. Now, recently, sorting through my computer files, I found the very first set I'd written doing stand-up at the age of 17. So I thought it would be a good idea to read some of the material and just pick it apart and dissect it for you. So the first joke that I'm going to go with is this. So strapping, it's a doozy. So it may offend some audiences, me being so young. A few gigs back, it's my first gig, a few gigs back, a voice at the back of the room shouted at me, he said, Oi, young'un, shouldn't you be at home watching Chuckle Vision? And I thought, I've, I've, I've got to reply here, I've got to retaliate. So I said to him, I said, Dad, I've sky plussed it, mate. Yeah, so that was the joke. Um, my very first gig was in a shoe shop as well, just before I dissect the joke, it was in a shoe shop that I had visited as a child to get fitted for shoes as as a as a child, you know, for, for school shoes. Now, I'm really ticklish, so when my foot got measured in the little measuring clamp thing, the person that worked in the shop obviously like went to move my foot to put it into the, the measuring thing and touched the sole of my foot and because I was so ticklish my leg jerked my leg jerked and I kicked her in the face so that was my memory of the venue before the gig but yeah so chuckle vision I went for shouldn't you be at home watching chuckle vision mainly because chuckle vision meant a lot to me to you <laughs> no I wanted to choose a TV show that would be known to most age groups so because I would have presumably be the youngest one in there it needed to be one that was relevant to me but also relevant to older people as well so it was either going to be Chuckle Vision or Grange Hill but I 
sort of assumed that if it was going to be Grange Hill, I'd have to do comedy in my school uniform, like the guy from ACDC. And I am going to call him the guy from ACDC. I'm not going to Google his name. I don't know his name. So, um, yeah. If Google is hacking my my data and my account and there's a maybe there's a guy at Google that's thinking this guy doesn't know who the singer of ACDC is he doesn't rock let's hack his bank account maybe they're they're really taking their job seriously but yeah that was that was my opener it was a quite a strong opener it was um self-deprecating enough to sort of knock me down a few pegs to the audience because I was young fresh-faced had my hair cut every two weeks. You had the, the slick fade and, and comb over. I looked like a barber's window. So it sort of knocked me down a few pegs to the audience. I don't use it now, um, mainly because I'm 26 and I've aged poorly. Be a bit weird if I started referring to myself as a child at the age of 26 years old. But yeah, I enjoyed using that joke, I thought it was quite a funny one, and that was the joke I opened with. So we are now on to theoretical questions, and we've got two theoretical questions today that have been sent to me over Instagram. So we will go for them. The first theoretical question is, would you rather share a room on bunk beds, so I'm sleeping in bunk beds, with Piers Morgan or Katie Hopkins. That's tricky. Um, firstly, I'd like to know how long I'm sharing a room with them. What bunk I've got as well. I think it's important to know what bunk I'm sleeping in. Top or bottom. Do Piers Morgan and or Katie Hopkins have night terrors? Are they going for a wee every hour or so? Piers is more... Piers is opinionated, but I think he believes what he's saying a lot more than Hopkins does. I think Hopkins is just a cry for help. Like, I mean, when she dressed up as Shemima Begum a couple of weeks ago, that is, that's beyond offensive, isn't it? That is just someone needs to go around and check she's all right. Um, obviously, you can't leave your phone lying around with Piers Morgan because he'll tap into it allegedly um both aren't well liked by sir alan sugar so if i want to make friends with sir alan sugar that's pretty much out the window not that i would want to although i'm sure he's a lovely bloke i'd go Piers. i mean he likes football so maybe get an xbox in there or something we can play a bit of fifa can't imagine hopkins likes fifa she probably looks at the countries on there and just randomly says offensive facts about them despite her children being named after them which is ironic in itself Piers Morgan obviously everything I say there is is all alleged and for the purposes of humor just in case this ever blows up and I face a potential lawsuit I don't mean what I'm saying alright Theoretical question number two, again through Instagram. <laughs> Would you rather be a character in The Office? We're going to assume that's the UK one. 
or Peep Show, which are two programs I love deeply. It's a hard one. Again, I think if I was going to be a character in The Office, there aren't there isn't much room for for exciting characters. I imagine if I'm going to be a character, I'm going to be one of the employees of of Wernham Hall, whether I'm the Slough or the Swindon lot. Whereas Peep Show, there's potential for me to be a big character. Maybe I'm one of the big dogs at JLB, one of Johnson's mates, or equally, I could be, you know, one of the one of the people attached to Super Hands. You know, like the kid that they make go and get food for him, amongst other things. The names in Peep Show as well are always a bit questionable. Like, uh, uh, what would my name be? Like, they've got a guy called Chemical Kev. Like, what's his game? What has he been up to in life to be called that? It's the office. It's all like Oliver, Mark, just those sorts of names. Just a bit, they're standard, aren't they? So it's whether I take a risk and have the potential to be a legend in Peep Show or just accept the fact that I'll be mediocre in the office. Peep Show, final answer. <laughs> Joining me on the podcast this week is new and exciting comedian Darren George. Darren is only a handful of gigs into his comedy career, yet he's already managed to get himself onto some really incredible bills in some great venues. I speak to Darren about how it came about and how he actually got into stand-up comedy because he went a very unique route. Darren is also the co-host of a very funny podcast that I listen to called The Two Rankers, which we will be going into during the interview too. So please enjoy. He's a lovely bloke and is very interesting. The wonderful Darren George. Darren George, how you doing? I'm doing well, mate. I'm not doing too badly. How about yourself? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. How are you coping during the uh, lockdown time? Um, up and down, mate, in all honesty. I've, <laughs> I've been indoors since the 18th of March. So that's, uh, that's basically it. Because I'm, I'm shielding. I'm, I'm a very delicate little flower. So uh, I am shielding since then. So uh, it's been fun. So you, you haven't gone out at all? Like you haven't been able to I've go been out, out I've been out once and that was to B&Q because my wife made me because we were doing <laughs> some decorating. Uh, but other than that, mate, other than walking around the block and sitting in the garden, I've not done anything. So, What'd you get from not, B&Q? Uh, I got some paint, some filler and some very, very nice paintbrushes. I splashed out, you know, because I'm not spending any money on anything else. So I thought, Treat myself to some nice paintbrushes. Why not? Yeah, get some decent paintbrushes. Paint in style. As exactly, I mate. Exactly. <laughs> Why not? Eh? Why not? I'm quite interested in how you got into stand-up because you got into stand-up in quite a unique way or certainly a way that I hadn't heard of before. Would you mind just sort of sharing how, yeah, how you sure. got into it? No worries. Um, it's, it's something, to be honest, I've been thinking about it for years and years and years and you know people always say to you oh you're really funny you should be on stage um and I've never really thought about doing it not from a, a confidence standpoint because I I would do it and previous jobs I've had have been like sales reps out on the road so 
you, you get used to talking in front of groups of people. So it's not public speaking doesn't faze me. So this opportunity came up at the back end of 2019. Um, there's a company called Ultra Comedy who do comedy events to raise money for cancer research. Um, and they did the first one in Norwich. And I thought, do you know what? Let's put my name down for it. Um, you have to only have to raise, I think at the, that time, you only have to raise a minimum of 50 quid and anything on top of that was a bonus and sell 10 tickets for the night. And by doing that, you get a certain amount of training sessions. I think it was eight training sessions with a local comic. Um, and luckily for me, that local comic that trained me was old Nelson Gumbakumba. Yeah. Shout out to Nelson. So I had eight weeks of training with a group of people um, on how to write jokes and how to deliver material and, and things like that. And then we just constructed our sets and got to do it at Epic Studios in Norwich, which is, you know, for your first gig, pretty if you pardon the pun, epic. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and eventually it was, I think it was in the front of about 180 people, 200 wow, people. Wow, first like gig as well. So, yeah, and, and it was recorded and put on, put on YouTube. So you get for your first gig to see it on a, you know, on a, on a proper recording. And for me now, I'm only, what, six shows after that point, but I can already see from that point things that I want to change. Um, so that's that was always good but yeah so so did that show got contacts with nelson and then i think two weeks later i did gonzo's with him and that's when i met yourself and louis tom alban um did that night as well oh great guys exactly yeah david alfie ward was there as well yeah um, yeah and connor jennings i think that night as well so for me to be able to to do five minutes alongside you guys as my first gig was like was great um and, and Louis and the guys at, at Glass Eye, yourself and Danny Mark, have given me a, an opportunity since. And I was meant to do another one, but obviously lockdown. So hopefully things pick up the other side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just those first two gigs are pretty good amongst themselves. I mean, 180 people at Epic Studios. Um, I've only ever been to Epic Studios to watch bands play. And it's a big room. It used to be a TV yeah. studio, didn't it? yeah yeah so it's, it's a big room so for that as your first gig amazing my first gig was in a shoe shop so nice just just the difference there and then gonzo's as well which is run by nelson i mean that sells out every month it's yeah. on yeah yeah fantastic gig so do you feel like having two gigs like that as your first two perhaps helped you get into it you know, and, and, and build confidence straight away? Because you went oh, yeah. over really well in the second one. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's, it, and also to get the feedback, to do it alongside guys like yourself and the other guys I mentioned, you, they, you all give me positive feedback and all said nice things and all gave me something constructive to work on. So to hear it from people that have been doing it and to say that you're doing the right thing on only your second show, you know, fills you with confidence and to be given the opportunity by people that, you know they're giving you that opportunity for a good reason that just helps you helps you along the way as well so yeah that's 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 filled me with confidence and to know that people are laughing at my jokes people that write their own jokes are laughing at my jokes i think is even better <laughs> from pissed up punters laughing at the jokes because you know you just got to put a silly face in some of them and laugh so yeah <laughs> it's always good to make a comic laugh as well just to get them you, you can tell that they've sort of appreciated the joke within itself yeah. As well as the audience. Has, has yeah, there yeah. been any gigs where you've just sort of thought, ah, 
that that weren't like that sort of gigs on the opposite end of the spectrum that you've done that that perhaps um, weren't ideal not not the way I've, I'm, I'm i am overcritical of myself sometimes um but i did a the last gig i did before lockdown happened was a was a charity event and i did it with the same people that um did the epic gig and i and because of that there were the same same comics and they divided like the same groups of people they know and because of that i tried all new material and it was a long night it was a really long night and uh i think i i was headlining because they wanted me to to headline in inverted commas and uh i came on last and i think i was it started at eight o'clock and i think i was on got on the stage at 20 past 11 so everybody there was about 100 people there um and everybody was just as you can well imagine well intoxicated by this point and there was a a table of really pissed up women front and center who just answered all of the questions i was asking during my punchlines so i might like have a little uh rhetorical question and then wait as a pause and then deliver my punchline but they were answering the questions which was really really annoying and i was just like just get, get me out of here just get me out of here and i felt shit that night i thought i COVID <laughs> that night as well so. <laughs> hopefully you so, didn't <laughs> no def- definitely didn't i haven't got the antibodies because you know not that anyone could use my blood anyway because i'm riddled with other things fair enough fair enough <laughs> he gives the test so i, I do <laughs> <laughs> Did you try and deal with them, the the ladies that were interrupting? Yeah, well, I I did this uh, this bit about being from down south. So I'm originally from from just outside London. So I did a bit about uh, where I come from, um, and this woman started shouting something out at me in a really broad and drunken Norfolk accent, um, and I tried to have a bit of banter with her, saying, "Look, love, I, I don't know what you're saying." And she just kept repeating the same thing, same tone oh. of voice, over and over again. I think she was talking about um, a place called Dog Shit Alley, which is in Sproston, I think, in Norwich. And I, don't, I don't know where the relevance come from because I wasn't talking about a place called Dog Shit Alley. And she just kept saying Dog Shit Alley at me. I was like, I, just, I don't know what you're saying. I think you're talking about tractors or something, I said to her. And then she didn't laugh, but everyone else did. And I think that was the point where she realised she was being a dick. Good. It is good. It, 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 that's. I think that's a big milestone when you start gigging. Actually, having to deal with your first knobhead in the crowd, yeah. because yeah, you yeah. get, you will get them. Like especially if you're doing, you know, lots and lots of gigs. Statistically, it just happens. You're going to get someone that either a takes a dislike to you as an act, or 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 whatever, or b is just. Mm having a bad week day month life and they're trying to vent whatever which way they can and i think being able to deal with it is a a big feather in anyone's cap especially starting out so i think it's good that it happened early on for for you because i've I've forgotten how how i would come back to someone now it's been so long yeah i need to to get back on the horse i keep just backmouthing my mum and my wife when they when I talk to them <laughs> my mum rings me up and I just I just like put her down everything she says and I'm like sorry mum I'm just uh, just trying to keep in practice <laughs> so obviously like living in Norwich gigging in Norwich there's quite a few gigs knocking about or that at least there was in Norwich obviously Nelson had the Gonzo's gig 
Mm -hmm. um, Martin had Humo comedy and Treehouse. Treehouse with Khan was attached to it too. Yeah. Um, there's a few other gigs just sort of dotted about, a few open mic gigs that sort of sprouted up. Yeah. How have you found, you know, gigging in Norwich? Do you in, have you found ample opportunity to, to get out there and, and perform? Um, yes and no. I mean, I haven't, because I was only almost virgin into the comedy world um, at the beginning of the year, it was taking my first steps into it, but there, were, there was loads of opportunities to do it. Um, and I think if I, I had been a little bit braver back then, um, I probably would have done a few other open micers and, and stuff like that um, before, obviously, we got shut in. Um, but yeah, there, there is plenty of opportunity. And, and, and like I said, it's because I'm quite fortunate to have known the right people and, and given a good impression of myself so far, then hopefully they'll, uh, they'll come back. But I'm, as soon as I'm allowed out of the house again, I will be doing some sort of open mic and trying some stuff, stuff out just to, just to get back on the horse. Absolutely. I think I will be trying to do every possible slot available. Ooh, uh. Yeah, you know, eh? <laughs> and uh, and that's I just that's crafts, but I just think um, <laughs> I just think it's it's important to 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 do it and and get back out there. Yeah, um, definitely. We'll try some theoretical questions as well because I know you're a fan of them. So, who would win in a fight? All of the members of Boyzone. Mm -hmm versus all of the members of Westlife? Uh, boys own easily because they've got... Who's that geezer that was on Coronation Street? Keith? He Keith looks Duffy. like a scrapper, doesn't he? He, he does. looks like a scrapper. Although Boys own would be outnumbered, right? Are we, are we talking original, original members? I did forget about that when I asked the question. Well, well technically, you know, one of the members of Westlife has, has left... Yeah, so Brian. It, this, this Fuck me, I know too much about Boyzone and Westlife. Cheers for asking this question. Have you read the um the tweet that Brian McFadden did, where he essentially offered out ISIS? No. Have you? Oh, it was something along the lines of you've got your weapons and your bombs, but how about we have a fight, man to man, fist to fist, as if oh. Brian McFadden wants to scrap ISIS in a fist fight so wow. i mean you're talking about keith duffy from corey brian mcfadden sounds equally as mental he, he does but he's offering out you know isis which is not the wisest idea whereas <laughs> whereas keith duffy you just look at him he's i guarantee you he's got teeth missing and he's and he's got a wonky eye which makes him look mental so <laughs> i would have him on my team any day and also, Westlife would be sitting down on their stalls. They wouldn't be ready for a fight, let's face it. And the prize would just be Louis Walsh. Yeah. Just Louis Walsh in a crown. Um, Whoever mate, wins gets Louis Walsh. I wouldn't want to win if he's the prize. <laughs> I'd, I'd take a dive in the second round. I don't want <laughs> Louis Walsh. Who is your favourite fictional mafia boss? Um... Fat Tony from The Simpsons. That's who I'd have gone for too. Fat Tony from The Simpsons. Any particular reason why? I just, I, it's just funny, isn't he? He is great. I just, I just, <laughs> love, I, well, I just love The Simpsons to be fair, but Fat Tony is the one. The Simpsons is great as well, isn't it? Yeah. 
Do you think, all right then, uh, out of the, the two geezers that, that back Fat Tony up, you know, the, the two, there's, yeah, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know their names. I keep wanting to say Eddie and Lou, but they're the police officers, aren't they're they? The police officers. But the two I, geezers, the yeah, one with the curly know. hair and yeah. then his mate, um, who would you most like to go for a drink with and why? Um, I think probably the one with the curly hair. We should really look up his name, right? <laughs> we, we should. I mean, I, I will do that now. What is his name? I've got your quiz there. Shall I just put curly hair mafia Simpsons? That's bound to Potentially. find. Let's have a look. His name's Louis. Louis. Well, you weren't far off. Louis and the other one's called Legs. <laughs> sure, Legs ain't the one with the curly hair. Well, we've got him here. Got him here. There he is. Oh, there he is. Lewis, Louis Walters. There he is. Um, I would go for a drink. Sorry, go on, mate. Go on. I I would go for a drink with Louis. Definitely. He looks like he's got some stories. He's got a scar on his face. That's always a good topic of conversation. Yeah, unless he's self-conscious about it. And in which case... Uh, Don't offend. Don't offend a mafioso. (laughs) If there's any lesson to take away from this podcast, don't offend a mafioso okay <laughs> you can have that one for free we'll take that we'll take that into account definitely <laughs> <laughs> what i also like to do is do a quiz and from speaking to you previously i know you're a fan of tv sitcoms yep so i thought i'd go for which british sitcom character are you go on which one would you want to be? Oh, it's a tough one. And we're going all the way from like porridge to peep show, like anyone. Oh, well, the obvious, the obvious one would be my, my personal hero, David Brent, um, <laughs> because, you know, I just, I just love him. And I used, I used to work for a paper company. So technically I'm more of a Tim, but um, <laughs> I actually lived the dream, the Wern and Hog dream for about three years. And, and you were a sales rep terrible. as well, which again, David. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I was, a, I, I was an inside rep. So, you know, Tim Canterbury right here but <laughs> without, without hair. Um, yeah, no, I, I would love to be anyone from the office, to be honest. Um, I think they're, they're great. Or maybe Curtin from this country. Okay. Uh, that's an interesting one. He does look just like Gareth though. So I feel like he, you're cheating. He does. Yeah. They're pretty much the same person. <laughs> right, we'll go for question one. What cool. gets you out of bed in the morning? A, breakfast. B, you don't sleep. C, you're just bored of being in bed. D, an improvement on yesterday. Or E, my duty to work or to family or to friends. Uh, it's got to be C. Being bored, getting out of bed. Okay, okay. And when you get up and you have breakfast, do you have champagne, full English, coffee and a croissant, jam on toast, Cheerios, or porridge? Ooh. I feel like if I answer porridge, I'm going to end up being someone out of porridge. Yeah, um, I think that's definitely <laughs> Ronnie Barker, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm more of a, a Cheerios guy, I think. 
We'll stick Cheerios in. Okay. Uh, what was your favourite subject at school? Uh, RE, maths, history, other, drama, or politics? Ooh. History, probably. Other is very broad. Uh, so <laughs> let's go. Let's go history. Let's go history. Okay, history is in. Okay, you're sitting down. You're now going to do some reading. What are you going to read? Are you going to read a classic novel, a newspaper, a magazine, a coffee, a comic, not a coffee, a coffee. What is? Or who has time to read? Um, that that'd be a comic. Comic. I don't like words. I just like pictures. Yeah, we'll go for that. Oh, this is a good one. Which is most, which of the following is the most important to you? Friends, money, knowledge, that's Brent, authority, yeah. family, or love? Um, is it shallow to say money? It's not shallow at all. It's not money. shallow at all. But we'll put that in. Okay. <laughs> which personal quality tends to get on your nerves the most people being nosy people being late people being cruel people being rude or people having too big of an ego people being late hate it really oh mate it's one of my biggest pet hates you must struggle living in norfolk then well you know that's why i just don't go out <laughs> that's, that's why, that's years why late. mate this this is why lockdown is perfect for me because i don't have to see anyone or wait around for anyone and just do things at my own pace <laughs> okay this sort of ties in how often do you feel embarrassed by your partner or family uh who doesn't occasionally never rarely pretty often always pretty pretty often i'm gonna say okay because, fair play you know my my parents especially are very embarrassing are they are they very embarrassing yeah my my mum pretty much thinks the only reason that she had me and my sister was so that in later life she could embarrass us at every opportunity given what's the most embarrassing thing your mum's done um my wife now i think that my wife now it sounds like i'm gonna get married again my <laughs> wife when i first introduced her to my mum it was the second time that she had met my mum and my mum had the baby photos out um which is pretty standard but then proceeded for the following week to take pictures of those photos on her mobile phone and upload them to facebook so that <laughs> the whole world could see so basically i always blame my wife for coming into my life and then ruining it because my mum put pictures of me on facebook <laughs> were you a Barely cute baby at least um well i don't look a lot different when i was a baby to i to i do now it's just, like just lack bigger. of hair <laughs> yeah just just round head more facial hair um, <laughs> but you know it's, i wasn't it wasn't a particularly good looking baby but i wasn't ugly i wasn't my sister <laughs> oh that's mean <laughs> which, which item do you never leave home without phone food diary watch tools unspecified tools um my phone it's always my phone phones yeah who go who leaves the house without a phone that's just that's just weird <laughs> okay final question 
How do you unwind after a long day? Do you read a book? Hash it over with friends, which I'm assuming means chat to friends and not yeah, yeah. smoke hash with friends. <laughs> yeah, not smoke or refart. <laughs> Take a long bath. Have a drink or two, and there is a winky face next to it. Oh, enticing. Or watch TV. Um, as much as the winky face appeals to me, um, watch TV. I'm not a big drinker. He's a, yeah, yeah, he drinks. Yeah, he drinks. Huh? <laughs> How many have I had this week, then, if you're counting? Does it offend you, my drinking? <laughs> oh, you've got a, you've got a classic classic character um Hit do you want to have a guess on who you think you are um no okay <laughs> you are basil faulty from faulty oh my towers God. <laughs> don't Fine. mention the war don't, i won't don't <laughs> i think i mentioned it once but i got away with it <laughs> you that's, are that's in, not that's not bad to be fair it's not awful i mean it says you are independent intelligent and hard-working you value knowledge, intelligence, and competence, and can get frustrated by the lack of these qualities in others. A leader can be commanding when needed. So you've not been able to gig. You've not been able to do stand-up gigs because you've been stuck in the house, but you have yep. been keeping active. Um, I have. What, what, what have you got in the pipeline? Um, I, I followed suit, um, like yourself, and uh, decided to release a podcast, um, which uh, I've done for reasons unknown to myself i got my friend involved in as well and uh only because we're really really funny together we're like vic and bob and then one other one when we get guests on um <laughs> so it's uh yeah it's a, a podcast called we, we've called it the two rankers um and basically we take any any subject and we uh we rank things in our top five um so our our latest episode that just got released is the top five footballers who have never played at a fifa world cup Ooh. which is uh, which was interesting we just discuss things like that we have a few other little jokes and stuff along the way but we've got um we've got one coming up about the office which i'm sure you'll enjoy our Absolutely. top five moments of the office that's one of our faves Ooh, so uh, it's been a bit, been a bit of fun don't know how I do it. okay well shall we do a top we won't do a top five because that's your thing but should we do a top three do you, yep. do you fancy doing a top three just to promote what the two rankers rankers the said rankers um yeah is is about and then it's on spotify it's on apple Podcasts as well isn't it so indeed it is mate yep you know, give it give it a search so top three soap characters oh oh this is yeah what do you reckon on this yeah i'm i'm good with that i'm good with that right top three i'm gonna go three three to one all right. Three to one. Three to one. Are you, are you gonna gonna join me as well with this? Yeah, I'll get stuck. I'll get in, I'll get involved. All right, I'll hit you. I'll hit you with number three. Um it's gonna be one of one of the two, but one of the two Mitchell brothers, and I'm probably gonna go with Grant. Yeah. Grant Mitchell. 100%. He's got himself together. He has. He's he more knows together than wants. Phil. Yep, exactly. And uh, you know, he, he was clever enough to leave when it when EastEnders didn't get very good. So yeah. Grant character Mitchell. went to portugal and then came back uh, every time he came back from portugal which is a hot country hot climate always came back pale always came back pale what was, he doing? was he always well, indoors yeah he, he, he must have been 
He always had some sort of shrapnel in his pocket because he'd actually been to Afghanistan um, or, <laughs> or the jungle somewhere. Um, yeah, weird, wasn't it? Weird. But yeah, Grant Mitchell just our bastard, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, Grant's a good one. I like that. I like that. Big fan of that. Okay. Grant Mitchell, number three. Do I, is it my go now? Do I have to yeah, choose? Yeah, go, go for a number three. Number three. I'm going to go for the original Mac Life. Yeah. The, the original Irish notorious one, Mr. Jim McDonald. Oh, I say. Yeah. Jim McDonald. And what I loved about him was the fact that he never called people by the name that other people referred to them as. Like Liz, always called her Elizabeth. Never. Yeah. never Elizabeth. <laughs> never <laughs> once called her Liz. And Ashley, remember Ashley with the squeaky voice, the butcher? Yeah. Yep. Always called him Ash. He's just a renegade, isn't he, old Jim he, McDonald? He, he makes the rules up as he goes along. I mean, he makes the rules. He robs a bank. Yep. Just, yeah, a career criminal that was always, always skint <laughs> and always looked a mess. Yeah, Jim <laughs> McDonald, number three. Jim McDonald, number three. Love that. Yeah. Um, number two for me. Um, oh, I tell you what, this is a classic. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick on the cobbles here. And go for Roy Cropper. Yeah. I, I love the OG. Roy Cropper. Oh, mate. Royston, as he's known to his friends. Um, <laughs> just, it's, just, it's just such an unintentionally funny character. I, I'll be honest. I, I don't watch soaps a lot anymore. But when I used to live at home with my mum, she, she was a, uh, an avid fan of the soaps. And Coronation Street was always the one that I used to watch with us. So uh, Roy coming along in his little shopping bag, his key on a chain. Roy's roles, you know, Roy's keeping roles. that business going. What a legend he is. Which has still sort of been open during the pandemic too, you know. He's, he's done all right. I wonder if he's done takeout. I wonder if during um, the pandemic, Roy's roles did the whole takeout thing. Potentially. Who knows? May well have done. May well have done. I feel like I should leave the cobbles and do another one. I am going to go for... Gonna go for my boy Beppe DeMarco. I know I've brought him up before, <laughs> but he's my guy, man. He was just the original womanizer. He had a pencil thin goatee. Money on Fat Tony's crew. <laughs> Beppe DeMarco. Beppe fingers DeMarco. <laughs> yeah, I liked Beppe. I, I I I I enjoyed him. I enjoyed his character. He wasn't too serious. He was sort of the Max Brannan of the late 90s. Beppe. Beppe number two for me. Do you just like him because he looks like an Italian David Brent? Quite possibly. I think that's why. I've never put two and two together. But now you, you got... mention it, they are similar. <laughs> Probably why they get on, you know. Probably why similar. they get on, yeah. Similar. Yeah. Clever and funny. <laughs> Bloody hate him. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, right, my number one. Um, there's only there can only be one man at number one, um, and it's it's Kane Dingle. Kane Dingle. Kane Dingle, mate. He's well another well another hard bastard, isn't he? <laughs> you know you'd want him in your corner, but um, the reason the reason I like him, I, I relate to Kane Dingle in a way, um, mainly the man, not the character, because uh, the geezer that that plays him has got Crohn's disease, so we're like two peas in a pod, so. 
That's not the reason I like Kane Dingle, but um, you know, married his cousin. Is Charity Mar- his cousin? <laughs> oh, who knows with the Dingle crew, mate? I think he's his cousin. Isn't he Marlon's brother? Is that? Oh, who knows? Who knows? I mean, I remember when he started, he looked like a member of Oasis and he sort of chopped the the lid a little bit to make himself look more his age. The only man in this day and age that still carries a leather jacket well. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ian Beale, another character, you know, he rocked the leather jacket for a long time, but you're saying he's not carrying it as Ah, well? It's Ian Beale. (laughs) Isn't it? You know. <laughs> wearing a leather jacket in a calf or a chip shop whatever he owns nowadays is not it's not ideal is it but when you when you're just strutting around being a being Kane Dingle wear what you want wear, what you wear want. leather chaps wear leather <laughs> chaps if you want wear spurs if you want to Kane yeah. do what you want who in Emmerdale is going <laughs> to going to do anything nobody okay so your number one's Kane Dingle yeah I've gone for That's a number that. one because he provided me, and I feel bad because I've gone for all males in this list, which makes me churn a little bit. But I have to go for this person because they provided one of the most memorable bits of television, I think. Um, yeah. And it was beautifully recreated in an episode of Extras where he says, he does his serious and he says, you do love me, Janine. You do. I know you do. And then she proceeds to push him off a cliff and he <laughs> falls to his death. And for that reason, I'm going for, for Barry Evans. What a lad. What a lad, you know. Went out right with now. Natalie. He was married to Natalie. Let's not forget how much of a feat that was for a guy like Barry. Wow. Yeah, I forgot about that. He was just I mean it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like too much of a difference between his character and the bloke who plays him, which I think is hilarious anyway. <laughs> like Sam Dingle and people like that. You see the actor and you think, "Oh wow, look how different they are compared to the character." Whereas yeah. Barry, nothing, no difference. Like he was on um Britain's smartest celebrity family on the telly. All right. Exactly the same. Dresses the same. <laughs> speaks the same. Admittedly, he's got quite an intelligent family. But, you know, Roy had a bit about him as well. His dad, he was a business owner. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Barry Evans for me. Number Barry one. Barry Evans. Big that man. That is... A terrible top three on both of our parts. <laughs> what can I lie? Uh, <laughs> but it'd be safe to say that the two rankers won't be doing soap characters anytime soon. No. Unless, uh, unless you want a guest episode, and then we can do it just to fill your little niche. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you clearly anytime, know more mate. about soaps than I do. Oh, anytime, mate. Anytime. <laughs> so, um, where, where can people find you if they want to follow the two rankers and yourself as a, as a comic? What? So um, the two rankers, we've got a, uh, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, at the two rankers, all one word, obviously. Um, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we're on Podbean as well. Um, and we're on various different other sites um, as well, but I don't think they get a lot of streams, so we'll ignore those ones. Go for the <laughs> main ones. Uh, and if you want to find me uh, on Instagram, 
at Darren Does Jokes and the same on Twitter as well. Um, I'm going to start posting some more stuff on there now that I'm trying to be funny again and not just being depressed and sitting in a in a darkened room because I'm avoiding a virus. <laughs> Darren, thank you very much, mate. It's been very interesting speaking to you. And thanks for having me on. The two rankers get following. You know, you're the ranker, mate. If anyone is, yeah. What have you done on the podcasting world? Nothing, so don't. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Darren. It's It's been a pleasure speaking to you. So there we are. That was Darren George, comedian and co host of the Two Rankers podcast. If you can, go and give it a listen. Um, I've heard they've got a very good guest on the next episode, so um, I would definitely give that a listen. Also, uh, we're coming towards a exciting time for for me as a comedian where I get my first gig post lockdown thanks to the wonderful Martin Westgate at Humor Comedy I will be performing at the Bowling House in Norwich for Giggles in the Garden on the 15th of August please give Humor Comedy a follow on Facebook and Instagram for more details about that gig where you can book tables and have a right laugh So um, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Smiling Politely. Big thank you to you, the listeners, and to my guest this week, who was Darren George. Take care.